Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish, a collection of Michael's favorite interviews with authors from the last 30 years through today, on the air, on radio. What sets my book club apart is that I actually read the books. Book Club is now in session. You know, I think I had uh, D.L. Hughley on the brain this week after he was on my CNN program last Saturday talking about his brand new book, How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People, because I was in front of my television two nights ago with nothing in particular that I wanted to see. And for me, it's always use the Comcast Xfinity remote, push in the number one. It brings up movies and TV shows and other specials. And then I I normally sit there for about 30 minutes and can never decide what to watch. And then I go to bed. But two nights ago, I clicked into the documentary category and I saw what was originally an HBO movie called Three and a Half Minutes, Ten Bullets. And it was a documentary on the murder of 17-year-old Jordan Davis by Michael Dunn. I can say murder without fear of contradiction because after the second trial, Dunn was convicted. Do you remember this case? It happened in Florida at a a convenience store slash grocery uh, gas station where Dunn pulls up with his significant other and she goes into the store 
Meanwhile, a carload of African-American males, late teens show up. The music is blaring. Dunn gives them static. Words are exchanged. He reaches into a glove box and ends up shooting and killing, multiple times shooting and killing 17-year-old Jordan Davis. And there was then a trial, and the insinuation in the defense of Michael Dunn was that Jordan Davis had a weapon, maybe it was a pipe, maybe it was a shotgun, maybe his uh, cohorts threw it out and it was never located, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In, in the first trial, Dunn was convicted on a number of attempted murder charges, but the jury hung on first degree. In the second trial, he was convicted and right now is spending the rest of his life in jail. Now, I bring that up because in DL's book, and I had some fun with this on CNN last week, he talks about, you know, well, maybe here are some music selections that African-Americans should be listening to if they want to stay safe. And then he cites the Dave Matthews Band, U2, Journey, and quote unquote, that I'm proud to be an American song. This is DL Hughley. He's the author of the new book. How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People. So, D.L., I was thinking about you watching this movie. I split it up into two nights, but it, it is exactly what you're discussing on a serious note in the book. It is. I mean, and, it, and you referenced it that the jury hung. In other words, even though there was nothing to back up uh, the story that he was telling, they still believe that in the back of their minds that maybe, I, it's one of two things, either people believe it people aren't that capable of being that brutal or they believe that there's something um, about black people that are inherently, uh, that they're inherently afraid of suspicious of and, and, and that it warrants this kind of violence meted on. So it, it can't be, even in the face of all this evidence, they still had to, have to try him twice, you know? So it's just, it's, it's there are only some, like I remember when I was on Megan Kelly show, which kind of spearheaded this whole thing. We were to do I was on, uh, promoting my other book, Black Man White House, and I was. Uh, we were talking about. We were going to talk about the uh, shooting of Philando Castile and the interaction between the black community and police department. And as her guest, as her uh, expert witness, she had on Mark Furman without telling me. So uh, she was talking to a guy that was a disgraced police officer that lost his pension uh, for a line that was a brutal, admittedly a brutal police officer that then had later moved to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, um, where they always believed he was a white separatist. And this is a guy, any policeman who wanted to have a serious conversation about policing wouldn't want that to be their representative. But that was the way we started the conversation. So if you can't even see that that's a flawed premise, that we begin the question with a flawed, we, we, get, we, we can't even answer because the, the, the way the question is set up, it's impossible to have a conversation with somebody who believes that a guy who was convicted, a convicted liar, he lied so much he got a murderer off in O.J. Simpson, and now all of a sudden he's a police expert. That's, that's insane to me. And so it, it really kind of started this whole catalyst for starting uh, for writing a book. And the way you approach it in the book is with a couple of laughs like, you know, white people like to listen to the Dave Matthews Band and the quote-unquote I'm Proud to be American song, but you're making a serious point like the case that I just recounted with Jordan Davis getting shot by Michael Dunn, and that's the whole approach in How Not to Get Shot. You're bringing the D.L. Hughley humor for which you're known as one of the original kings of comedy, but there's a very serious message to all of this. Sure, because I think that ultimately I don't want to get on a soapbox. I mean, any, all anybody can do is use whatever talent they have to kind of expand on whatever message they want to. But ultimately, it's about to, I think, through laughter, 
it's very few times where we all are kind of the same. When we're in love, we're in la- when we're laughing, when we're listening to music. So, uh, you know, I'm not a musician. <laughs> I'm not a romantic artist, but I think I know how to make people laugh and ultimately and see themselves in laughing. So that's what, that was my approach for the book. I can tell uh, one of the more serious thoughts that DL has is you're kind of tired of hearing from white folks, hey, if only he, whoever he is that's been shot, had complied with police orders, or if only he hadn't spoken back, or if only he, here's the best one, hadn't broken the law. Sure. But, yeah, and but, but you know, those dualities, can't, you can't say that we live in a nation where it's guilty until proven innocent, but you condone somebody um, being having a life taken away from them because... Uh, they're believed to be guilty. Because as far as I know, policemen don't, they're not tried. In fact, they find you over for trial. So if you accept the premise that just because you're accused of something that you can be summarily murdered and that's okay, then I think that that's a flaw in our democracy. I mean, ultimately, if, if somebody commits a crime, like John Crawford in South Carolina, he was running from a police officer, the police officer shot him, we saw him throw a taser next to him, everybody saw it happen. On tape, originally he had lied and Everybody saw it happen, and a jury still couldn't convict him, even though they saw it on evidence. They saw him plant the, gun, the, the taser. They saw, they, they saw that he lied. He had to get uh, a federal jury had to come in, and he had to be convicted of federal crimes because they still weren't willing to say that he murdered a man. And it's just, it's, you know, what happened to, Robert, to, to, to Blake, James Blake. He's at the U.S. Uh, he's at, he's at US, uh, uh, the U.S. Open. Policemen run up to him and start kicking his ass because he was um, um, he was uh, suspected of being a check of a forger. Um, but it's, it's he, so he would have ha- never had time to comply. Philander Castillo did everything he was supposed to do. Still died. So I just I don't understand how it is that we can kind of back into uh, back into an excuse. If we if we were watching a video and I was accused of a crime, the prosecutor would say we have everything we need. Right here, you see what he's doing. But if it's a uh, law enforcement officer, we go, we don't know what happened before this. So we'll give them a presumption of innocence, even though there's no evidence to support what they're saying. Doesn't even have to be that. So I just think uh, it's hard to see all these things every day and uh, quite often and and not uh, be angry. But that doesn't do anything. So I just decided to write a book. Speak to somebody who is listening to my conversation with D.L. Hughley talk about this sensitive issue and is saying to themselves, oh, yeah, well, what about black-on-black crime? Black-on-black crime is a misnomer. That would imply that crime doesn't exist anywhere else. It's ridiculous to say that. You know, and it's the categorization. When that guy shot up, and, 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 and when a guy shot up uh, all those people in, in uh, Nevada, you didn't call it, no one called it white-on-white crime in Aurora, Illinois. Uh, in a rural Colorado, we'll call it white on white crime. There's a shootout with a motorcycle gang where nine people got killed in Texas by a motorcycle gang, white, a white motorcycle gang. Nobody called that white on white crime. Crime is about proximity. A large number of black people kill black people. A large number of white people kill white people. You kill what you're around. It isn't that black air, black uh, neighborhoods aren't dangerous, inherently more dangerous because they're black. They're more ha- inherently dangerous because they still deal with poor black people. So it's, it's poverty to decide that. Show me a safe, poor neighborhood anyway. How about this one? Chicago, as you describe it, the quote-unquote code word. Sure. You know what's you know in direct correlation to Chicago's murder rate? It's unemployment rate for, for black people, for black men. So what we want is to stop the violence but not do anything about what starts it. If you get people 
guns and 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 no access to education, no access to hope. I, I think it's a pretty that that goes plays out in our yard where people weeds and the grass fight for resources, and so do people. So if you put people in an area where there's little resources, there's frustration, and so of course you're going to have a violent uh, area. But to, to not do anything about the violence or the conditions that started it or the conditions that keep it going is 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 where we where I would have a problem. To just say Chicago as a whipping boy, but not to point to any other element. What the implication is that black people are inherently more criminal, so we have to be dealt dealt with in a different way. And that's just not true virtually. Every crime committed in the United States of America is two to one black to white. Up until 2010, 2007, um, most of the black gangs in the country, the majority of the gangs in the country were white. So you can't, in 2006 or 2007, the FBI said that the uh, police departments of the United States of America were infiltrated with white supremacists. But every time there's a police shooting, we always talk about what the black community can do to kind of mitigate these circumstances, but never what the police can do. It's, 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 it's like a one-sided conversation. It's frustrating. Like when you see, when you see, uh, like like what happened in in in. We talked about this, uh, but it just happened in Michael Roosevelt. It just happened in uh, Pittsburgh. The cop that the, the cop that shot uh, that young man, uh, Antoine Rose, was fired in January. He was he was a brutal and he was a liar. Then he got hired by another police department months later. 90 days after being swearing in, he was killing an innocent black man, uh, unarmed black man. Tamir Rice's killer was in the Independence Police Department in Ohio, uh, in Independence, Ohio. He was let go, had to resign because they said he was such a bad officer, no amount of training could help him. Months later, he's hired by Cleveland, and he's killing an unarmed black So it's, you can't just say that it's, it's our actions that decide how what, what's gonna, the outcome is going to be. This is the Book Club with Michael Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive 
then takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. DL, do you play this role willingly in other words is there a part of you that says i enjoy being funny i really don't want to have to be the person to confront all of these very difficult issues but because i have a platform i'm going to do it or because nobody else is as effective as i might be i'm going to do it what's your mindset in terms of how you approach this issue my mindset is that i'm a comedian and a father of a child who has Asperger's. my son is young and he's strong and he's black and those combinations are very dangerous in our streets. Most of the people shot by the police uh, in America are uh, mentally or emotionally handicapped. Mentally or physically are emotionally handicapped. So I have myriads of reasons why I wrote the book. Uh, but, but my primary concern is that I would want, I, I just want people to kind of take a look at themselves and see what part they play in it and to see how all of us, uh, you know, if we looked at things differently, might, have, might come up with a different conclusion. No one is saying that if in America right now, um, we don't even keep a track of how many people are shot by the police. We don't. And, and I, I want to know, so, so everybody's answer is, well, what about black-on-black crime? Well, black people who kill black people go to prison all the time. <laughs> they do. There is, by, and black people send them to prison all the time. Most of the time, you commit a crime that's in your neighborhood, you enjoy uh, your peers, it's going to be, so black people have no problem sending black people to jail. For doing things, to, 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 for doing things that we have no problem. I think juries, other juries, when they see uh, uh, people of color, they have. A, there was in in um, in Huntsville, Alabama. There was a, a guy from India. He'd come over to visit his son, um, who was an engineer in Huntsville. This happened three years ago. He was looking in somebody's uh, a garage. He was just came up opening there, looking in somebody's garage. The police saw him, beat him so bad that he is paralyzed. Paralyzed. Speaking because he looked like a black man. He thought he was a black guy. He st- and, and that jury acquitted him. He had no gun, no. So I, I just can't understand. You, you, you listen to Tim Scott, who was a, the representative of South Carolina. He told yep. you he, he'll say that in a year he got stopped six times by the police. What is the correlation between he and I? We look nothing alike. He's a, he's a United States senator. Why would he be stopped six times? Why? Why did Philando Castillo get stopped 50 times? If there's not this presumption of bias. 
along the way, there are a lot of laughs. Okay, I, I yeah. love the description of, you know, drinking in public. If it's a black shooting victim, they're an alcoholic. If it's a white shooting victim, they're a <laughs> wine connoisseur. If they're smoking weed and they're black, they're a drug user. If they're white, they're a fair trade entrepreneur. Or I, I called this out on CNN last weekend, the black names and the white alternatives. Darnell is Dustin. Jamal is Jack. Aaliyah is Abigail. Jasmine is Catherine. Darius is Chris Wallace. Jada is Kellyanne Conway. Malik is Reince Priebus. Tiara is Ivanka Trump. But in the end, after we've had some laughs and we've thought deeply about the subject while reading How Not to Get Shot, you come to the epilogue. And the epilogue pretty much says, you know, the, the only way to make sure that you stay safe, safe is if you're not born black. Uh, I, well, you know, ultimately, yeah, I, I think that's where you get to. I live in Calabasas, half for 17 years. Um, and I can't tell you, um, and there's a lake we have, right? And so you have to get a pass to run around the lake. I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have been stopped running around that lake. I can't tell you how many times my children have come home and got stopped by the police coming home. Now, you could say, what you're saying to me is because you have this notion of black people, not you, I'm just saying, uh, notion of black people committing crime, that we're that much more suspicious. And so um, even though <laughs> I live here in half for 17 years and you've seen me come around this lake a bunch of times, uh, uh, that I have, for some reason, drawn suspicion from this. I mean, I mean, I got long hair and tattoos. I guess that's that's pretty much it. But ultimately, uh, I've lived here. I pay my taxes. I send my kids to school. My kids are all graduated from college. I've been married thirty-two years. I've owned up my home is paid for. So I don't, I don't, I don't understand what I've done to inspire so much fear that this consistently happens. And I'm, a, I'm a guy who's done pretty well. How and do so you it, handle it? it? This just well, how do you I mean, if, if it if it keeps happening and and and, and given all the the. Uh, stability you have in that community. Do you roll with it? Do you have a pretty good attitude about it, or do you get pissed? Well, it's not. I, well, I, obviously, I got pissed. I wrote a book, right? <laughs> but right. I didn't. <laughs> I wrote a book. But I, I just think it, it's not easy. I think uh, James Baldwin said to be uh, uh, black and, 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 and to be conscious in America is to be enraged all the time. You see that, but I can't let that kind of permeate my view to the to. to uh, blind me to the reality that people can't hear you if, if they don't see you in a certain light. And so that, and humor is always, if, if it if it delivered me from where I grew up, I think it can del- deliver a pretty powerful message into it in a way that lets people enjoy themselves. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where it is in the book, but it stands out in my mind. You said that the only white people in your neighborhood were insurance agents, teachers, and cops. Right. Like when I grew up, I grew up on the 135th in Avalon <laughs> with the Avalon Garden. And... <laughs> And you know, it, it's just like even even uh, so, even my first. I remember my first interaction. I was eight years old, um, uh, with and I had no concept of whether we were rich or poor. I was an eight year old kid. I grew up, uh, you know, went to school and we laughed and played. So we were coming home. Um, one, um, we were coming from the school because they gave away free lunches, so we would go to the school. And, and I was eight years old. My friend, the sheriff's department, pulled up, screeches to a halt. And they told us to come over and get put our hands on the car. And they're asking us where these kids, these older boys in our neighborhood live. And we're like, we don't know. <laughs> I go to take my hand off my car, off the car. And he says to me, if you take your hand off this, and because you know, back then the cars ran hot, like I'm 54. So you, he said, if you take your hands off this car, I'm going to blow your head off, nigga. It's the first time I ever, like, I was like, what? I didn't, I don't, I had no concept how that would happen. And he had this, 
uh, smell on his breath that I would later know as garlic. Like I had, I had no idea even what that was. And <laughs> it was my first. And, and he flashed to uh, you know two weeks ago where there's a little boy, ten year old boy in Chicago who's handcuffed. He pees on himself, and it turns out he wasn't the guy they were looking for. So we can sometimes create the monsters that we then later on fear, and that played itself out. You got to remember, I grew up in Los Angeles, where Los Angeles was a very racist police department up until 2012. They were under federal moratorium. The sheriff Sherman Block and his underdeath are in jail, are waiting to be sent to jail for corruption. Mark Furman and his ilk ran the police department. Um, they they would recruit people from you know the South to deal with their nigger problem. This is all documented. And so my perspective of police would be based on what I've seen. And I well, think it all, if you look it all at, came to a head. You know, I was going to say it all came to a head with Rodney King, Reginald Denny, yeah. the OJ trial, right. which was which was a, yeah. a leveling of the playing field in some people's eyes. Hey, I, I got a role. I could talk to you all day. Let me just say you Thanks, got man. from me. You got from me what you'd most want, which was I laughed and I thought deeply as I read it. And you can do both. It's called How Not to Get Shot and Other Advice from White People. And D.L. Hughley is the author. D.L., it's nice to have you back on the program. I can't thank you enough, man. I can't talk to you enough. soon. Very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's D.L. Hughley. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape card drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.